some of them that care about us a lot don't want to see us get hurt don't want to see pain from the lessons of mistakes failures whatever it may be and they're going to hold us back the most ladies and gentlemen welcome to next level university where we teach you how to level up in your life your love your health and your wealth no matter where you are now or where you've been there is a next level we bring you five episodes a week four of which are solo episodes with kevin and i and one world-class guest to help you get there this podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor david Meltzer of the playbook podcast kevin and alan my boys uh, the one and only david Meltzer. University with the next level business coach Dave Meltzer. Everybody's in block today, fired up. <laughs> Here we go. Let's rock and roll. What do we got? Dave, you got that energy. Last time we got you early. I'm excited to get you in the afternoon. Look at that. <laughs> so, Alan and I are always focused on raising our level of awareness, but with a new level of awareness comes a change in identity. How do you, as a human being, balance? consistently raising your awareness and letting go of old identities that may not be serving you or figuring out your new identity? How do you balance all that, Dave? Well, you got to go to the JOMO phase instead of the FOMO phase, because if you're in the FOMO phase, if you have the fear of missing out, you're going to relegate old relationship, old ideas, and you're going to be afraid of the JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. And what you have to have is the joy of missing what you used to be. You have to go ahead and move on. I just had a conversation today. Uh, as you guys know, Colleen, who runs my personal brand, and we have a certain individual that both of us had worked with for a long time. And I said, you know what? I am just so grateful that I had that experience, but I've moved on. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about moving on. I'm joyful about moving on because not only have I reached a different level of awareness, but I can have gratitude towards the relationship and ideas and circumstances that I was in at the time, and I outgrew it. And it's okay to outgrow your shoes. It's a good thing to wear bigger shoes. It's okay to accelerate, grow, and learn. And I think it's really hard for people that have FOMO, the fear of missing out, and they can't let go of things that may be weighing them down in the great variance chain of feeding, and they got to let it go, let it fall away, or even fire it from their lives. You got to let it go to move on to bigger and better things to carry a higher level of frequency, vibration, or collective consciousness. The variance chain of feeding. That's yes, what sir. you had said. Can you please go into that? What is what is yeah. that? So I, I believe there's a variance chain from people who feed you and a variance of people that feed you that you're going to feed. And then those that don't feed you, there's a variance of how much they don't feed you. Uh, and you let those people fall away to the same or equal variance or level of frequency. Then you have the people who bleed you, different variances, right? So some people you may see once a year, you know, at a certain event that's annual, and they bleed you every time they talk to you. But it's a minor bleed. You know, you know where does that fall in your great chain of variance of feeding? I suggest that you try to allow all those people that bleed you to fall away or fire them. And then relative to how much someone feeds you, you want to engage more and more with the people that feed you so that you can grow, strengthen, and accelerate where you want to be. In other words, elevate your awareness and extend that vibration so you can be aware of even more opportunity of how you can make more money, help more people, have more fun. How do you personally know when you've outgrown a person, place, thing, or idea? 
like energetically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel it. And I'm sure, you know, the easiest example is when you go back home to your high school friends, you don't fit in. The conversations aren't stimulating. You feel out of place. Uh, They bore you. You don't want to go, you know, you don't feel comfortable uh, anymore. And, and you feel bad about it. uh, And you shouldn't feel bad about it. You just don't fit in. It's a different energy vibration or frequency. And I think everyone experiences that leaves home and comes back to a group of people that have stayed in the same place that you don't fit in anymore. And you feel it. You, you feel it. You feel out of place. And it hurts. But it's a good hurt. That pain has indicated you've moved on to a better place, a better position. And you just pray for their happiness. And it's okay that they haven't accelerated and grown or, or experienced what you have uh, by going away uh, and learning different things from different people. Mm. Dave, did you ever have any fear around that? Like around, can you, can you speak to that? Yeah, it took me years. So, you know, I uh, have surrounded myself with incredible people. And, you know, I would go home and I think that uh, was one of the catalysts of why I would party so much so that I would fit in because I felt so uncomfortable. And I also felt bad that, you know, somehow they thought, you know, that I thought I was better or different or separate or inferior. And, you know, half of me was feeling missing out because, you know, they had stayed in the same place and they were such close friends and, you know, they go out every week and meanwhile I'm traveling the world and doing all these things. But the other half of me is like, you bore me. You, 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 you bore me. I mean, I just, you know, intellectually and energetically we're not aligned anymore. And I would do really dumb things to continue to try to fit in and I would force myself, you know, and feel bad if I wasn't invited to something or invite myself to something or, you know, not feel right because I don't fit in to who, you know, I grew up with and I was so close to and mm-hmm. played those sports with. Yeah, I think especially hard, as you guys know, if you're on a team, you know, for years and years with the same people, high school friends that we've gone through, the, the war room together, the three a days, whatever it was. And now there's like, we have nothing in common, you know? And I will tell you one of the nicest feelings is to go back. I have a friend that I was born with almost. He was, I'm three months apart with him and our dads were best friends. And I feel like I'm coming home every time I see him. He hasn't outgrown me and I haven't outgrown him. Uh, But I think a lot of people try to heal relationships that don't necessarily need to be healed. Mm -hmm. Dave, do you believe you've ever been on the flip side of being outgrown? Have you ever had a friend or or person in your life who they wanted to move on from you? And and in hindsight, what have you learned from that? I think my two younger brothers are good examples, as hard as it is to say. And, uh, you know, I I think especially my brother that went to Harvard, that's a year younger, uh, extraordinary intellect. You know, I think when I was younger, he outgrew me uh, by far. And although financially I may have been in a completely different atmosphere, uh, he had, had outgrown me. I, you know, he, I just, I could tell, uh, you know, I bored him, you know, my life was, you know, not substantial in the respect of the knowledge that he had and the capability that he had and the impact that he had. And my youngest brother, uh, you know, who, uh, is hyper competitive, you know, Wharton university of school of economics in London and Columbia MBA, and just a tremendous, you know, big company guy, you know, it was ironic to me because he always was competing with me and I saw him as outgrowing me, you know, and it took through the process for me to catch up. 
And, you know, I'm glad to say that I feel uh, as if I belong with my brothers, that I live a life of the same frequency that they do, the same vibration, that I truly understand what they talk about now. Uh, I think a lot of the things they say I just wasn't aligned with at the time because I was so busy uh, on my own journey, a little bit lost on what I wanted, and they had somehow picked up the lessons that I hadn't learned yet. Mm. You want to... I got a good one. Okay, yeah, hammer it. Something we've been going through a lot recently is as our level of awareness raises and we do go back into old rooms, and I'm sure you can speak to this as this is kind of what you were talking about, we find ourselves being a mirror to people's possible insecurities or fears or whatever it may be. Is that something... I know you tell the story of the Super Bowl where you were there and people were making fun of you, right? Like saying, you know, you're going to do your interview from the bathroom, whatever. Do you think that was because your success and who you are as a human being was a mirror to their insecurities? Yeah, I think that you can't see outside of you what you can't see inside and that, you know, people uh, are two types of people. They're a celebrity, meaning they only care about themselves, or they're a celebrant. And, you know, there were several people as I was building my brand and my career that were celebrants every little step of the way. Your book's amazing. That speech was amazing. You know, keep doing it. You know, all those people. But there's a lot of celebrities, you know, that were projecting their insecurity Mm -hmm. that somehow, you know, that I was trying to do better, Uh, whether it was competing with them or within myself, you know, they made them uncomfortable that I was willing to put myself out there to have the desire that I must be what I can be. Uh, you know, every great person, every person that's in the pursuit of their potential is going to hear other people. And some of them that care about us a lot don't want to see us get hurt, don't want to see pain from the lessons of mistakes, failures, whatever it may be. And they're going to hold us back the most because they don't want us to fail. They don't want us to experience the mistakes and the setbacks. Uh, but you know what? It, it is a big, big lesson for everyone that they will laugh at you, scoff at you, make fun of you for a variety of reasons, including mirroring you, uh, projecting their insecurities. There's a variety of reasons they'll do it. Uh, but just know uh, that when you make it, that they'll all applaud you. In fact, some of them will go as far as saying, I knew you could do it. Mm. Uh, yeah, we must be doing well then. <laughs> I've had a couple. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this or listening to this, it's obvious that you want to get to the next level of your life. We can help you get there faster. In three months from today, your life can look completely different. Here's how. Group coaching. Here's what you're going to get. So you're going to get bi-weekly calls with Kevin and myself. You're going to be on a team of 10 like-minded, growth-oriented individuals. You're also going to be in a WhatsApp chat with Kevin and I and the entire team, 24-7 access to chat. Also, you're going to get bi-weekly progress reports and peak performance tracking. Guys, this is a great opportunity for those who can't afford one-on-one coaching with Alan and myself. We have helped dozens and dozens of people get to the next level at this point. Go to nextleveluniverse.com, click group coaching, or find the link in the show notes. Talk to you soon. Uh, Dave, as a parent, you're trying to constantly transcode to your kids to help them, to help guide them, right? And you just mentioned how loved ones don't want to see us fail and see us hurt and see us in pain. How hard has it been for you to see your children fail forward and and go through those things when maybe you, I guess, how do you deal with that? And how do you, how do you become a guide, but not a, but not really manipulate the decisions that they need to make on their own accord? It is the toughest thing that I have to do today. 
to allow my children to come through me. You know, uh, it, it is a, an amazing thing uh, to allow your child to suffer, uh, to learn. And you just have to work as best you can through it. Uh, sometimes I have to remove myself from the situation because, you know, I am a complete empathetic. You know, you two guys get choked up, I get choked up. You can imagine, uh, you know, a pinky gets hurt on a child of mine and I feel the pain. You know, I, if someone would tell me, Dave, you could cut off your pinky right now to stop the pain, I, I would do it. And that's not right. Right. You have to let them. And so the only mechanism I can use, guys, that helps me is I immediately think about how much I have learned, grown, grown, and all my success is based off of those things. I say to myself, what if I didn't lose everything? What if I didn't get cut from that team? Right. What if I what if I got all A's all the time? What what if I, every girl said yes to me or, you know, whatever it is that the issues they have, I've had them all, right? I, I've had all those pains, you know, and and I survived. And I remind myself, those kids have come through me. If I can survive what I've been able to survive, they're fine. And I'm just going to have to remove myself from the empathetic pain and try to, you know, be there. What What I've learned is I don't tell my children you know, try to use logic to change their feeling. I tried to motivate them with some sort of activity because logic will not change the way they feel. And a lot of parents make that mistake, you know, let it go. Don't worry. You're, you're just blowing, you are blowing oxygen on a fire when you try to use logic to change the way a child feels. Give them activity that's going to change the way they feel, right? Allow them to utilize activity or action in order to change the way they feel, pursuit of something to change the way they feel. Don't use logic and don't do it on yourself either, by the way. It's not going to work. Dave, speaking of using logic and then inspiring action, you coach tons of people, so many people. You coach us, people we know. How do you, when you're coaching, get to the root cause of something? through the symptoms that people give you to actually really instill a change, like an everlasting change in them? Yeah, I mean, part of it is what we were talking about earlier with Liam, right? That capabilities, beliefs, and values. You have to ask enough questions to understand what the person's capabilities, beliefs, and values are, not environment or, or you know, behaviors. Environment behaviors are surface uh, indicators of the values and beliefs uh, that we want to change. And so I work within the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious continuum that you guys understand. So I'll ask questions to figure out what your quantum nature is. I'll then ask questions to see what practices you have in place to consistently, persistently change or pursue your potential within the context that I can learn through questioning of what your potentials are, your quantum nature. So I'll ask about your personality traits, your characteristics, your obsessions and addictions, which will be indicators to me of different patterns that are what you are, your identity. Then I'll get into the behavior belief side of things of understanding if I can get to your beliefs, I can know what 40,000 thoughts are in your subconscious mind. Now I can get practices or behaviors in place to change the beliefs that will then create a frequency or an activation of your personality trait, which is the only way to create a new frequency or vibration for yourself. The good news is I can do that the bad news is when you go home to your friends, you're not going to fit in. Right, 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 right. That's, yes, <laughs> that's fine. Dave, so I noticed when you talked about values, beliefs, and identity prior to us coming to this room um, with Mike and 
Liam, I believe was the Liam, name. Yeah, correct. So <clears throat> I think of core aspiration, core values, core beliefs. And I think that that makes up our identity, which determines our behavior. So behavior is the tip of the iceberg. Can you talk to me about what setting a goal does neuroscientifically to somebody? And why it's so important to have clear goals, knowing full well that what you really want isn't, isn't that? Yeah, so um, you got to understand that setting a goal is like saying, I want to go north. Or setting a goal is being in San Diego and saying, I want to be in Maine. Uh, in other words, you might get there, but all you need to do is work on the three feet in front of you. In fact, you can get from San Diego to Maine by looking three feet in front of you at night. As long as I can see three feet in front of me, I'll get to Maine. I may angle back, forth, et cetera, but along the way, I may decide, you know what, Kansas City I thought I wanted to go to Maine, but I like Kansas City. I think I'm going to stop here for a while. In other words, know where you're at. Be happy where you're at. Know what you were talking about quantumly, who you are, your core aspirations, values, and beliefs, but angle with everything you have, utilizing those capabilities to get to Maine or to get to your goal. And that creates the pathways in your brain, but have faith in that quantum side of you, your personality, these aspirations, have faith you may end up somewhere better. And so as long as you don't attach all your emotions, all your energy and motion to the outcome, but instead to the three feet in front of you, leaving an open mind and an open heart and an open soul that you may end up somewhere better uh, than you want to be, what's the matter with setting a goal with the opportunity to do better than the goal? So what's, what's a goal that you've set that actually put you outside of alignment with your highest self early, early on before you knew that. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. So, you know, making a, <laughs> making a million dollars before I was 30 and you know, that was the end all for me and I ended up doing it. Uh, but then I was kind of empty. So then I said, okay, 10 million. Then I said a hundred million, right. And it just kept changing. I was never happy and you know, a hundred million was way too much. Uh, 10 million was enough uh, for everything I ever wanted. You know, one, 1 million at five years old, I thought was a dream. Uh, but it was just always an arbitrary and capricious man-made constructive number that created interference and voids and shortages and resistance in my life. Every time I set a new number, instead of saying, I want to double the amount of money I make as fast as I can. I want to live in an abundant world where there's more than enough of everything for everyone. I'm going to learn to shop for all the right things with all the money that I'm going to make, allowing it to come through me with appreciation, forgiveness, and accountability to enhance other people's lives, to elevate others, to elevate themselves so I can teach other people to do the same, to liberate them, not only with my light, but liberate them to light up other people's lives, to make more money, help more people, and have more fun, utilizing the values that I know can inspire and empower us, as well as daily practices that can effectuate the pragmatic action activity, planned and unplanned, that will allow you to rapidly and accurately get what you want and shop for the right things through you for others. Like a wrestling promo, Dave. <laughs> Fired up. We have time for a quick one? Yes, you do. You you mentioned unconscious and subconscious. What is the difference between the two? You mentioned unconscious competencies. Can you just drop some knowledge love, on us? Yeah, a lot of people don't ask that. I'm glad you did. So 
um, for me, the subconscious is our beliefs. It's the neural pathways that we formed that are accessing 40,000 of the same thoughts every day. Uh, and those thoughts can be changed by consistently putting new thoughts in there. So we can get rid of negative thoughts and put positive ones on there. But those 40,000 of the same thoughts that are hosted by a midterm or an intermediate memory called our subconscious mind, which is accessing the light, the love, and the lessons every night when we go to sleep. The ego, the conscious, will interfere with the subconscious as well as create an interference with the unconscious competency, the quantum genetics of ourselves, our personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. So our unconscious is formulated by a program, program that's set uh, scientifically by four generations. So if your great-grandpa's an alcoholic, your grandpa's an alcoholic, your dad's an alcoholic, you have an activation to be an alcoholic. So normally it takes a minimum of 21 days to create a habit. In other words, to create a thought in, in the subconscious mind that will activate uh, or start talking to your genetic being, your quantum being, your unconscious competency, your, your unconscious being. Well, what happens is, Remember, everyone has different potentials set forth by genetics, four generations, or if you believe like I do, four lifetimes or 40 lifetimes or four million lifetimes. So it gets really difficult. So for example, there's certain things in one lifetime that no matter if you're consistently, persistently pursuing your potential, you'll never be able to do because it's quantum in your nature and it takes more than 21 days in order to shift or activate your unconscious. So we're constantly working with all these variables of the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. Short-term memory is the conscious. Mid-term memory is the subconscious. Long-term infinity and limitlessness consciousness is that unconscious mind, which I believe is the frequency giver, the beacon to the universe of all collective conscious, to all frequencies. I believe that the law of attraction works within the context of conscious, that we're happy where we're at. The law of Goya getting off our ass is the habits and disciplines that are formed in the subconscious mind, the 40,000, the same cause. And the law of attraction is utilized by the beacon that's created by that conscious continuum, sending out our frequency to attract what we want. Law of gravity, law of Goya, law of attraction, working in co uh, collaboration with the conscious competencies and the conscious continuum. Was that our last one, Dave? Or do we have... Uh, one quick one. Go ahead. Okay. So let's say, hypothetically, my great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother were alcoholics. And they passed that generation, generation, Irish, I'm Irish. Um, and that's nothing against Irish. But does that mean that if I start drinking, it might take me less than 21 days to create a habit because I already have a predisposition? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, okay. You could have one drink. You could have one drink and act activate uh, that unconscious competency, that quantum memory. Okay. And yeah, and the, the longer that is, the more firmly held it is, the easier it is to activate and the more difficult it is to deactivate. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. All right, gentlemen, you are incredible. Make sure we're doing this every other week because to me, my favorite episodes of the playbook, my favorite coaching sessions are here with you two guys. I love seeing the progress not the perfection, the progress that you two are making. It elevates me to see you both. I'm so proud of you. You make me so happy. Thank you so much. I call it More Good News Wednesday. To see you guys was definitely more good news. Thank you so much, Dave. We love you. Appreciate you so much. Thank love you, Dave. You, Dave. 
share my content, do good deeds, be kind to your future self. Do good deeds, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.